with on-demand talk shows 24-7. This says how powerful this is. We are Internet Talk Radio for planet Earth. This message is getting out through these programs. TalkZone.com. We are back and more comments on is abortion always bad? About three years ago, um, I tuned into what was the big, what's going on with abortion, what's appropriate, what's not. And then Charmé, within the week, she uh, asked and got, you know, some guides told her. And so we put our notes together and we came up with the same answer, which is the answer we've never heard of. But it is... Basically, you want to have your relationship where you mature, you get to be friends, you love each other genuinely, and then if it naturally wants to go into intimacy, you grow that slowly just like you grew the friendship. Piece by piece, does this feel okay? Do you feel ready for this? Not, And you're very respectful, very connecting. I like this more. I don't like that as much. And, and get your notes together and get yourselves coordinated. Get to be on the same team. So, and then, you know, so that's how you approach this. And then usually, you know, you don't have uh, mis- mistakes or, or a need for abortion because you're doing this responsibly, safe, and you're on top of it. Most of the world is out of control with sex. You know, I would say a great portion. I don't know what the percentage is. But it's like um, it's lust-driven more, and there's a lot of immature and dysfunctional sex, and it's like playing with a loaded gun. Nobody's being mature enough to realize it's loaded and take safety precautions to make sure things are taken care of. And so in, in the... In the abortion, Charmaine and I came up with, it's the first trimester only that it's tolerated. And then hopefully we've taken care of like the method I said, which was maturity growing into it, and close friendship, close alliance, and of course responsibility with that. What you might want to notice also is a majority of Democrats are for partial birth abortion and a, a small minority of Republicans are for it. Most of the Republicans are against it. Just to know where that part is, we like to look at who votes for what kind of thing. So abortion, uh, you know, in certain cases, you know, instead of bringing more criminals in, bringing more people who feel so in love, so unwanted, bringing more problems into this already overpopulated rat race, maybe it's, it's sort of smart to allow people who want to have an abortion, apparently they're not ready to be responsible for bringing a kid in. But generally, we abhor abortions. And only in the first three months do we feel it's tolerable without it being going, starting to get into a significant sin. And once again, I saw this uh, a partial birth abortion program recently, and I'll tell you, I was having a pretty good day, and that just turned my stomach. And, you know, I'm not talking, you know, first trimester necessarily, because you, no, that's not you, you sort of got a blob there. You know, you don't right. know what you have. It's not really got the whole soul connected, but the longer it goes, the more the soul's connected and the more crime you're committing. So there's is abortion always bad or not? 
Next one, is spanking always bad? Boy, there's a lot of, uh, oh, boy, don't touch a child. And Isn't that something? You know, when I was a kid, my father spanked my sister and I probably a couple of times, and we had it coming. It wasn't unreasonable, didn't feel very good, but what he spanked us for, we had earned. Then he spanked my brothers a few more times. <laughs> they, they had a little harder time of it, and they had it coming. My one brother still turned out to be something of a mess, and there was like no yeah. hope from the beginning. But you know, it, it, he was not a violent man, but he was—he called it right. We earned those spankings. Yeah. Today, you touch a kid, and people go child abuse. And, you know, sometimes kids need it. Sometimes kids have it coming. You know, I I was, I guess after nine years old, I was pretty rambunctious before nine, but after nine, I was a pretty good kid and that kind of thing. But nevertheless, I got myself in a few little things, and I got a good spanking. But what I noticed my dad did is he wasn't beating me. He wasn't hating me. He had a good, caring heart for me, and for my sake, he was not enjoying giving me a spanking, making my butt hurt, uh, but he, he, this came from a caring heart, and I am so grateful. And I want to just take a few things from the Bible. Bring up a child in the way he or she should go, and when they grow up, they will not part from that. So if you want your kids to have the best chance at life, if you love them that much, you're going to do discipline if and when it's necessary. Another thing in the Bible, don't spare the rod. You'll spoil the child. And we're not talking, um, you know, like one kid, you spank them and they're just messed up. You know, so you got to sort of get in touch with your kids and see what works, how hard... It should be, you know, maybe a, a discipline when a kid's gone way out of bounds. Maybe it's going to the room does it. Or maybe no TV does it. Or maybe doing dishes for a week or a month does it. To get the point across. So you, you do it according to the child's temperament. And you do it according to the transgression upon, uh, you know, against what's right to do. Sometimes just talking reason takes care of the thing. You don't have to go any further. Sometimes you do have to go further. So minor disciplines sometimes, you know, really uh, get, get going. And I notice that younger kids, generally speaking, and I don't think this is always true. I see some really extreme cases and different levels of awareness. But younger kids, you usually don't bear on them as hard. Older kids, you know, sometimes they need something to crack through the um, crack through their barrier sometimes, and it's a it's a dance. It's an artful dance between love, strategies, and disciplines, and, and with disciplines sometimes spanking. Wisdom, gotta yeah. have wisdom. Right. You can't be attached to whether you will or won't do it. You have to look at each situation individually to decide what is best in the moment. One of the major crimes going on these days in raising children is the parents aren't present enough or they don't have the children chaperoned enough. And I'll tell you a few times, and I was a pretty good kid, my uh, parents being around or chaperones being around stopped me from being a, a fool that, you know, wasn't worth what it caused. A time or two, I was saved simply by having 
adequate parental or chaperone influence. Because you just didn't think well yet. No, and, and uh, you know, I thought I had a solid brain and, you know, I was happy like most teenagers do. But, you know, we're not fully grown and we're experimenting and we haven't learned. You do this and you're going to get burned on all these uh, mo growing into adult areas. So we think uh, we also have the sort of sense that uh, we are... Uh, uh, let's see. Well, you can't. You can't hurt us. You know, it's like we can do anything, and we don't have. There's no uh, consequences. Consequences, and we can get away with it. And so, in the teen years and in childhood, we don't quite have those things sewn up. And in the teen years, we start getting a car. We start getting out for a day, overnights, and that kind of thing. So the consequences get to be more and more out of hand. So. We, as parents, we're talking about spanking and whatnot. We need to ingrain moral and behavioral exposure as parents and be, you know, patterns for the kids. And the more we're around them emanating that, it gives them their best chance to not go off, not get in trouble, and have a good life where they can self-discipline themselves where they need it. We're not talking over-spanking at all. We're talking appropriate uh, shifting and shaping of a child's life. This is a uh, another way you can call shape-shifting. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. We're talking about a number of topics today, asking the question, is it always bad? Is it always good? So is beauty always good? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, in our culture today, uh, it's interesting. Um, vanity is in. Lose a pound. I mean, people are horrified. They quit smoking and gain 10 pounds, and their world has caved in. And they're willing to take some, oftentimes, you've got products out that will make your metabolism just like you're rattling, like an earthquake's going on inside, so that you can lose weight. But And also some of these, they have memory losses with them and everything, but no problem, we're going to lose weight with them. You know, this has got our priorities messed up, folks. We've got a, a guest coming on in a month or two. I'm very excited about her. She does Chinese face reading. And she says, boy, you see all these ads that you can tuck here and, you know, suction here and do this and do that. And, oh, my goodness, you lose all those lines and you get all this young face. And she says, boy, you look at this and isn't it tempting? She says, but, you know, here's the problem. Each one of those lines represent a whole important part of you, your experience, who you are. And she does face reading. Like, you can take a face and yep. tell you what's going on inside. And she says, are you sure you want to erase all this? It's sort of like, you know how you, people can get hand reading, palm right, readings? Right. You know, and your palm, will, for somebody who knows how to read it, will tell you all sorts of things about your history and where you're going. And face reading can do similar. And she says, I, you know, maybe you don't want to give up those lines. Maybe, maybe they are your character. But, you know, vanity is such a huge lesson. And people think that beauty is the end all. But 
you know, it isn't the end all. Really, what the end all is is substance, soul substance, character that you walk around with. And if you're stuck in the surface beauty, you know, even in high school, I thought, boy, all those good-looking jocks and girls, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were all all surface. It was like there was no depth to it. And even then, you know, I've never been, you know, a good-looking person. And even then, I knew that there was more to it than that. And people get so lost in it. So beauty and vanity, and you see. Uh, especially women, but not just women, spending so much time. You know, a lot of bodybuilding and stuff is more for how I look than how my body functions healthily. You know, so we have all this looking in front of the mirror, prompting and primping and uh, covering our face with this mask and that mask. And, you know, if we spent that same amount of time and concern on the substance, like Charmé saying, the substance of who we are and what we're doing with our life and why we're living and what we're contributing and the rhyme and reason of our lives instead of the surface. You know, it's like, you know, you're spending all the time with the surface instead of the substance. So that's a great crime against yourself. If you're stuck there, it's time to shift priorities, perhaps. We know a fellow here in the community where we live, and um, he was not what I would have called overweight. He was um, solid, built. And he got it wired in his head one day that he could get off. You know, I don't know. I don't really know the ins and outs of his life, but he was on high blood pressure medication and so, you know, he was told that if he could lose some weight, he would be able to go off of that. And so he did. He goal, set up a goal and went after it with all this rigor. And, you know, I hadn't seen him for a couple months. And then I saw him and he was like, I don't know, 20 pounds thinner. And, I, and he looked awful. And for a while, I was really concerned about his health because, you know, he, he obviously had been at his perfect weight. And he lost the weight for the wrong reasons instead of, you know, there are other ways to get blood pressure down right. besides that. And, you know, it took him months to stabilize. It looked like he was dying. It did. It was awful. It was awful. And, you know, and sometimes people can be very, very beautiful and it sabotages them because they, they put all their eggs in that basket. Right. All their eggs go into the good looks. And when they get older and naturally things don't look as perk, you know, you know, they just go through traumas with it. You know, I loved, I read a little quote of Joanne Woodward's the other day that I just love. She says, you know, uh, sexiness fades and beauty fades, but, you know, if you're with a man who can make you laugh every day, then you got gold. And, you know, I know, I know that those two, uh, Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman, have been through their, their share of traumas and trials mm-hmm. and challenges to maintain a good marriage. And, indeed, it was depth that kept them together, not looks or anything else. Right. So let's go to anger. Is anger always bad? <laughs> Boy, that's such a loaded question. All these are loaded questions. You know, um, I noticed in in growing up and becoming a man, a man in my character also, a full-grown, full-of-character man, which has curbed a lot of my ego tendencies, 
I needed uh, to get angry and intolerant at some of my behavior. That's a perfect place to use anger. There are many good places. You know, people think that all the negative emotions, anger, hate, jealousy, greed, they're negative, but it depends on how you use them. I mean, if you're using anger to control people around you, you're, you got a problem. Right. You got a big problem. If you're a mouse all the time and you finally figured out how to get angry and take a stand, you're right on. That's a good thing. Healthy. That's a good thing. If you're angry all the time and people just go, oh, God, stay away from yeah. them, they're just, then you're abusing anger. How are you using anger? Out of control anger means that you haven't even got a clue on a grip on yourself yet. So you're, you're basically a two-year-old. Do you, uh, are you a master of your emotions or do they own you? You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about anger and other negative emotions. Stay with us. <laughs> 